Blog Talk Radio.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, Jesus. Thank you, mighty God. Thank you, mighty Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, mighty Lord. We thank you, mighty God. Who is my dear Lord? Who is my dear Lord? Mighty Jesus, mighty Yeshua, mighty Jehoshua, we pray, O oh Lord, that you will minister, Lord, according to the need of your people tonight, Lord Jesus. We bind us from men and all hindering spirit, Lord, to anoint us our ways to work. In Jesus' name, Lord Jesus, forgive our sin and trespasses, Lord. Cover everyone listening, Lord, with your blood. Anoint us our ways to work. In Jesus' name, Yeshua's name, Jehoshua's name, mighty Lord, almighty God. In Jesus' name, we pray the Lord. In Jesus' name, we proclaim and we declare, Lord Jesus, mighty Lord, almighty God, in Jesus' name, Jesus' name, oh Lord, mighty God, in Jesus' name, Lord, we pray, Lord, we pray, mighty Jesus, we pray, mighty Lord, we pray, mighty God, we thank you, Jesus, we thank you, Lord, we thank you, God, hallelujah. Mighty Lord, you are so good. You are so wonderful, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Minister, Lord, to your people, Lord, according to the need of your people, mighty Jesus. Tonight, mighty Lord, mighty Jesus, mighty Yeshua, mighty Jehoshua, Lord Jesus, all things are possible for you, Lord. All things are possible with you, Lord, because all things are possible with our Lord Jesus, mighty Lord, mighty God, remove all doubt, pride, doubt, and unbelief. Will we print pride down unbelief tonight, Lord Jesus? I'm so sorry, Lord, for pride down unbelief in my life, Lord Jesus. Lord, and everyone listening, break pride down unbelief in Jesus' name. Break it in my heart, in my life, Lord Jesus. Any sin, Lord, anything, Lord, mighty Jesus, that will keep us out of your presence, that will keep us out of your presence, mighty Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray the Lord. Mighty Jesus, remove what is not yours, Lord Jesus. Remove, remove the work of the evil one, the work of hell, the work, Lord Jesus, of demons and principality. Break it tonight, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for all this worship tonight, Lord Jesus. Lord, you came to set the captive free. Your word says, "Who the Son sets free, it is free indeed, mighty Lord. And so we proclaim your word. We proclaim your power. Lord, to break, to loosen the power of the evil one. In Jesus' name, Yeshua's name. If anyone is sick, Lord, we pray that you will heal them. Lord, body, soul, and spirit, Lord, it means sickness. Anything, Lord, that is not of you, Lord, be broken. In Jesus' name, Yeshua's name. Jehoshua's name, mighty Lord, almighty God. Heal your people, Lord Jesus. Bring healing to your people tonight, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, mighty Lord, Yeshua name, almighty God. Bring healing, Lord, bring healing. Bring healing to your people, Lord Jesus. Break the bondage. The bondage of the evil one, Lord Jesus. Almighty Lord, mighty God, in Jesus' name. Yeshua name, Jehoshua name. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. Praise you, Jesus. Almighty Lord, mighty God, in Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, shalom, shalom, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Lord's hour. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Yes, mighty Jesus. Bring healing unto your people, Lord. 
Whatever healing they need, Lord, we pray that you will bring it to them, Lord Jesus. Mighty Lord, mighty God, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, mighty Lord. Bring all bondage or mindset of the enemy. Be broken or disabled to us in Jesus' name. Yeshua name, Joshua name right now, Lord. Break all bondage of the enemy, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, God. Thank you, Brother Body. Hallelujah. I hope everyone can hear me clear. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. I'm in Genesis 3. I'm in Genesis 3. Praise the Lord. We always have to go back to the beginning. Praise the Lord. Brothers and sisters, as I walked um, a, couple of, a couple of weeks ago with the Lord in the garden, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. As I walked with Jesus in the garden, uh, there were things Jesus was explaining to me. Praise the Lord. And always when our master and rabbi, our Lord Jesus Christ, explained things to us, they become so clear to us, brothers and sisters. They become, hallelujah, the word of God becomes so easy to understand when we have such a great rabbi. And as I walk along with Jesus, Jesus walking in my right, as he was talking to me, he was moving his hand. I tend to do that a lot of time too. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let the disciple be like his teacher. And so, the Lord Jesus is walking with me and it's as he's talking and explaining things to me. One of the things that Jesus was explaining to me in that garden of Adam and Eve was that, praise the Lord, when God, when man was placed in the garden by God, after God breathed life into man, the Lord, Adam and Eve walked in every day, all day long, in relationship with God, with their God, praise the Lord. All day long, they meditated on God. They talked to God, brothers and sisters, and, 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 and it was such a, a relationship, praise the Lord, that they had with the Lord, praise Jesus, that they were engaged, they were surrounded, they were dwelling under the shadow of the Almighty, Always, never coming out. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Never, never have time in their relationship to think about any other God or any other thing that will steal their time with God, that will steal their time with their Creator. It was such a beautiful relationship. Although I saw Adam and Eve walking, holding hands. It never crossed my mind, but we know that in relationship of a husband and a wife, they usually walk holding hands. Adam and Eve were such in love when I saw them. Of course, I was not allowed to see the front part of them because they were naked. I saw them from behind, and although I saw them naked, I could not completely see them naked because it was like a glass out of the power of God that prevented me from seeing them completely naked, or I will sin because I know good and evil. And God is so awesome for that. I thank the Lord for that. I thank you, Jesus. And so what Jesus was explaining to me 
in our garden, brothers and sisters, praise the Lord, is that when man and woman walk in relationship with their creator, the relationship comes unique. Praise the Lord. They can be happy with each other, but they can also be very happy with their God. And they can also praise you, Jesus, be so faithful to God and their relationship. Praise the Lord that they want to, they can remain in God's presence forever. And there is, they are in total happiness. They are in total joy. They are in total peace. Praise the Lord because everything proceeds out of the presence of God. Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, praise you, Lord, is a blessing, is life, is abundant, hallelujah, and it's so much more. Thank you, Jesus. There was nothing Adam and Eve would need. There was nothing empty in their life, but there was total fulfillment in their heart. There was total fulfillment in their mind. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. There was no doubt. Of course, doubt came from the pit of hell, from the heart of Satan, from the mind of Satan. There was no unbelief in Satan and his mind. Praise you, Lord. No doubt, no unbelief. They had no pride at all. Absolutely no pride. But total humility, humility serving God to the fullness. To the fullness. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. And what happened when we lose our relationship with God? What does the word of God say that happens? In Genesis chapter 3, we read, praise you, Lord. Verse 22. Thank you, Lord. Verse 21 first. Unto Adam and he also and unto his wife that the Lord made coats of skin and clothe them. Now because they were outside God's presence, they needed clothing. Huh. They needed garments to cover themselves. Praise you, Lord. Because it is the righteousness of Christ. They covered us completely, and we are never naked before his presence. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. It is what the Apostle John explains in Revelation 19. Praise you, Lord. What is the clothing of the bride of Christ? Righteousness. Praise you, Lord, is our clothing. Obedient. In other words, obedient. It's a, it's a clothing. It's one of, one of the best clothing we can have as, as a creation of God. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 22 says, then, explaining, praise God, what went about. And the Lord God said, behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil. Now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of, of, of the tree of life and eat. And live forever. God in his mercy prevented man from eating out of the tree of life because the tree of life was Christ. Was Christ. 
You cannot take part of Christ unless you repent. And at this time, Adam and Eve had not repented yet, so they could not take part of Christ. It is so sad for the world who may know about God, who may know the word of God, unless they repent, they cannot take part of Christ. That's why when someone who has knowledge of God thanks God and can go to heaven without repentance, it finds find himself or herself place a torment called hell. And then although it may be blaming God, praise the Lord, and the Lord may be blaming God as that sister that the Lord took to hell this year, and the Lord showed her many believers, praise you, Lord, or many so so Christians that knew the Bible, praise the Lord, but were not in repentance of their sins and thought that they could take part of Christ, Christ being the door, the way to the Father, Christ being the door to heaven and the way to the Father, they thought they could take part of what God has for us in heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to stop here if it's being recorded. <laughs> it's being recorded. It's being recorded. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. And so they thought they could have part of Christ. They can come through the door and enter heaven. Praise Lord and partake and take part in what God has for those that serve Him and believe Him. Praise you, Lord. But they find out. Praise the Lord. They find out in a cruel way. Praise God. That without Christ in our heart. Without being cleansed by his blood, without taking to heart what Jesus did on the cross and repent, you are not welcome to heaven. You cannot come through that door. Jesus cannot be your way unless you repent. He cannot be your truth or the word and the life. Where no, hallelujah, where no man can come to the Father except through him. They cannot take part of what God offers humanity, humanity to repentance. That's why when Christ started his ministry, he says, repent, repent. Because the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is amongst you. Praise the Lord. If they wanted to take hold of a God, what God offered them, for repenting, salvation, and eternal life. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. They needed to repent. And that's why the message has to be, you need to be in daily repentance. Repent. Repent. Thank you, Lord, that it is so important because so much people have heard of Christ but how many are repenting and are given, have given their life to him and are being washed with the blood that was shed on Calvary daily? That blood needs to be cleansing us daily, brothers and sisters. Praise you, Lord. And when the blood is on your life, when the blood is on your family, 
family life, praise the Lord, it cleanses you and I from all unrighteousness, from all that keep us on standing before God. Thank you, Jesus. Right standing with God, righteousness. Praise the Lord, only through Jesus Christ, through the blood. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise to God. In verse 23 of Genesis 3, says, Therefore the Lord God has sent, has sent him forward the garden of Eden. What did God do? God puts them out of his presence. Because in that, in that garden, as I saw and experienced, Less than two weeks ago, the presence of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Ruach HaKadosh of Father God in Jesus Christ is so strong. It is so right. The fullness of the Spirit is there. So they have to be pushed out. If you, brothers and sisters, are not in repentance, you are being pushed out of the presence of God. You are outside of enjoying his presence that is available for you and I. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You know that the word of God teaches us in Isaiah chapter 6, and I want to go there in a second. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah chapter 6. God reveals something very special to us through one, through, through his angel, brothers and sisters. He uses the prophet Isaiah, of course. Thank you, Jesus. But he uses his seraphim to help us understand something very special. Isaiah 6, 2 says, the, the seraphim stood upon it, and every, everyone has six wind. With twine, he covered his face with two, and with two, he covered his feet. Hallelujah. And with two, he did fly. Notice that there was something going on with the seraphim. He was in an action. He was alive. Praise the Lord. Everything in the presence of God is alive. Verse 3. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole well is full of his glory. Why don't people experience this glory then? Hallelujah. This word is true. What this seraphim is confessing, what God is revealing to us through the seraphim mouth in his worship, it is 100% true. The whole earth is full of his glory. Praise your Lord. What now the glory in the garden? Of course it was always. The glory is there. What happened with Adam and Eve? Because of their unrepentance, they will have to be pushed out. They cannot remain in that glory. You want to get in his presence? Repent. You want to be full of the Holy Spirit? Repent. You want to get in it? Repent. It's what we need to do, brothers and sisters. I thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to tell the earth when he was taken. Thus he cast out men. Praise the Lord. And now the Lord God says, out of here. 
out of here. Praise the Lord. No wonder that the, the don't repent can have part of his presence, of his anointing, of his spirit. Out of here, he cast them out. You, oh, oh, oh. Thank you, Jesus. And now take part. Have a lot of people, praise the Lord, that wants the Holy Spirit, that wants the presence of God. Praise the Lord, but they're not repenting. They're out. They're out. Praise the Lord. You want to get in? Repent. You want to get into God's presence? Repent. God cast them out. Get out of here. He cast them out. Praise the Lord. Not only did he cast them out, you've got to read what God did after. After he said, get out. Get out. Get out. Not one second will you remain in this place. This place is holy. His presence was there. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. That he cast men out. And of the east of the garden of the Eden, he said, Sheridan, you will protect this place. You will protect this entering. No one can come to Christ unless the fathers bring me. Praise the Lord. And if they don't repent, praise the Lord, they cannot receive what God has available for them. He pursued shadow there, hallelujah, in a blade of a sword shaken. That sword had an order from God. You don't let anyone in here. You protect them from those two there. Praise the Lord that I just made clothing for them. Praise the Lord. Those two are not allowed into this place because they needed to be re- to repent. Praise you, Lord. They needed to be re- to repent. Praise you, Lord. And you see a lot of Christians, a lot of Christians being so loving and so forgiving that they don't teach people repentance. Oh, no, just bring them to the church. We'll pray that God will fill them. And you got people in the church that sitting years after year and have not experienced the Holy Spirit in their life, have not experienced the presence of God, and they are in church. I feel so sad when I get emails from Christians who've been in church, who don't have the Holy Spirit. That is so sad. That is so sad. It is so sad this is happening in America and around the world. Churches that don't have the Holy Spirit, that Christians are coming to the churches, peoples are coming, but because they're not teaching in the repentance, in the seriousness of sin, the seriousness of sin, God cannot fill them with his presence and his Holy Spirit until they repent. Praise the Lord. He cast Adam and Eve out of the garden, and now they have clothing that God made them. Instead of the clothing, they cannot come in. They're not good at it. They knew good at evil now. Praise the Lord. But they were still not repenting. Still not repenting. Praise the Lord, who are still now repenting. And you got these sweet people in the churches that say, oh, come, dear. Oh, come, friends. Come. Come and take part out of the body of Christ. We're, we're going to take part today out of the body of Christ. Come. We'll give you some bread and some wine. Share with us. Share with us. And they do all this, brothers and sisters, and they don't teach people about sin. They don't teach people 
hallelujah, the separation that sin brings between God and us, brothers and sisters. This is why we repent daily, brothers and sisters, and Paul says to the Corinthians and the churches that those that do those things, oh, my goodness, serious judgment is upon them, brothers and sisters. Serious judgment. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so they are so sweet to the people. They are so kind and loving to the people that they don't teach about sin to them, brothers and sisters. And those people are in churches, and they have not tasted the Holy Spirit. They have not experienced the presence of God as they should, as God wants to fill them with the Holy Spirit. The church of the book of Acts was full of the Holy Spirit. The first message of the apostle Peter was about sin, brothers and sisters. The first message that Peter taught, brothers and sisters, in Acts, was all about sin to them. Praise the Lord. He taught them about sin. Oh, man, it was about sin. It was about repenting. He told them what to do. Praise the Lord. Praise you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Bible says in Acts 2.14, by Peter standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto men, O ye men of Judea, and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, hallelujah, be this known unto you, and hearken unto my word. Hallelujah. He said, listen careful. How we say it in a more, more modern way. Listen careful. Yeah. Praise you, Lord. So these are not drunken. These are not drunk, as you think. Since it's not the third hour of the day, and it's still too early for them to, to be considered drunk. This is not the time to be drinking. Praise you, Lord. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Praise you, Lord. And it should be in the last days that God... Wait, I hope our Joel speaks. Follow, follow his name to the, to the prophet Joel. Praise the Lord and teach about repenting as the prophet Joel did. And it should be as in the last days of God, I will put all my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters should prophesy, and your young men shall see vision, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servant and on my handmaid, I will put out my spirits in those days, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders above. Hallelujah, and talking on the earth beneath blood and fire and vapors of smoke. The sun should turn into darkness, the moon into blood, before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall be that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you with great words and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, hallelujah, as he shall also know. Him, I say, being delivered by the determined counsel and the foreknowledge of God after you, hallelujah, have taken with wicked hands, you have crucified and slain, whom God has raised and lose those sorrows of death, think it was impossible that he should be holding of it. That's why death could not hold him. And then he said, so you know, it was said from the beginning. And then he quotes David. He said, for David, 
said concerning him, Behold, the Lord always before me, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be shaken. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad, and moreover also my flesh resting hope. Thank you, Jesus. Because thou wilt not leave my soul in the grave, neither will suffer thy holy ones to see corruption. Thou hast shown me the way to life, hallelujah, and shall make me full of joy with thy countenance. That's the presence of God, the countenance. When, when man and brother, I may boldly speak unto you that the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and hallelujah, and his sepulchre remain with us unto this day. Therefore, seeing that he was a prophet and knew that God has sworn an oath to him that the fruit of his Lord will, will, uh, would he raise up Christ concerning the flesh to set him upon his throne, he knowing this before it spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul should not be left in the grave, neither have flesh to see corruption. This Jesus had God raised up, wherefore, hallelujah, we are all witnesses. Since then, by the right hand of God, he, he has been insulted, has received his father, hallelujah, the promise of the Holy Ghost, and has shared from that which you now see and hear. Hallelujah. For David, hallelujah, is not ascended unto heaven, but he said, the Lord said unto my Lord, say on my right hand. So I make thy enemy as a full stool. Thank you, Lord. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know for surely that God hath made him both Lord and Christ. This Jesus, I say, whom ye have crucified. Now when they heard it, they were pranked in their heart. In other words, I believe that's the word convicted, convicted. And said unto Peter and other apostles, men and brethren, what should we do? Did Peter say unto them, amen, hallelujah, amen your life, and be baptized of every one of you in the name of Jesus for the remission of sin, that ye shall receive the, goal, uh, the promise of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. In another word, in another tra uh, translation, he says, repent. 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 Repent, says Peter to them. Repent. Praise your Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That was the message of Peter. When, when, when they say, what should we do? How do we go about this now? Repent. Praise your Lord. You want to take part of what Jesus did on the cross? You want to take part of an eternal life? He has given you the free gift of eternal life, salvation to Christ. You want to come into God's presence and enjoy everything God has for you? Repent. You want to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit? Begin the repentance. You want to take part in all that God has for you? Begin your life of repentance daily, as much as you can. Someone said to me, why do we need to repent so much? Why do we sin so much? Well, I sin in machine. I haven't said that word for a long time, machine. We are like sinning machine, brothers and sisters. Praise your Lord. I don't know how many of you have seen old movies of Bruce Lee. How quick he was to throw the punch. We, are, we can throw a sin before Bruce Lee can throw a punch. Praise your Lord. We can sin faster. Praise your Lord. We can sin faster than the eye. We can sin faster than anything, brothers and sisters. And why would we not repent if we can sin so fast? And if we are so quick to sin, why do we are not quick to repent? Why do we have to delay repenting? Why would we have to put off repenting? 
Brothers and sisters, we sin with our eyes. We sin with our feet, the Bible says. The lust of the flesh, we sin through eyes. Hallelujah. Our feet are quick to sin. We sin with the touch of our arms. We sin with our ear, with our ears, the thing we hear. Praise the Lord. We sin with the things we smell. We sin with the things we say, evil words. Praise you, Lord. Not by words, but evil words is what we say. We sin with our mouth, brothers and sisters. We are so quick. We can sin faster than Bruce Lee and Chad Norris and all, all these people. We can sin faster than they. And why are we so slow to repentance, brothers and sisters? Why are we so slow to repentance when we can sin so fast, when we can sin so quick? Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. That's why Adam and Eve would have to be cast out. Out of here, says God. Out of here. Praise you, Lord. You're not going to enjoy this presence and, and without repentance. Uh-uh. They wanted to get hold of Christ without repentance. That's what a lot of people are doing today. They want to enjoy everything Christ has to offer without repenting. They want to go to heaven without repenting. They want to enjoy the wedding of Christ without repenting. Praise you, Lord. They want to enjoy eternal life without repenting. They want to go to, hallelujah, the 1,000-year reign with Christ, the millennium, without repenting. They want to go to eternity and enjoy everything God has for them without repenting. Praise you, Lord. When someone says to me, Brother Obi, I would like God to take me to heaven, it begins with repenting. It was the thing Jesus said to me. I remember what the Lord says to me. My son, do not try to lie to me. I know everything to know about you. I know you. I know everything to know about you. Do not try to lie to me. Do not try. Repent. Be sincere in your repenting. Praise the Lord. Be sincere in your repenting. Take take it serious. Repent. Praise the Lord. And ask the Lord years to go help me to understand the deepness, the seriousness of sin. And how much repenting Brothers and sisters, we would have to do. Praise the Lord. There is a lot of people in hell that think they should not be there. Why? They went to church all their life. They get their tithes and offerings. They even supported the poor. They supported ministry across the nation. A great ministry that evangelized. They supported lots of ministry down here. Hallelujah. So they think they should not be in hell. But one thing they lack in their life, and it was daily repenting, is what the Lord says to our sisters. My dear sisters, a lot of these people, even dying, thought they will, ha- they will go to heaven. But they do not talk re- took repenting serious of their sins. They have sinned in their life that they never repented. They never repented. They never took serious. There is a lot of Christians that have a color for sins. They say they are white sins. They are yellow sins. They are red sins. And for every sin, they have a color. The sins that are white, they say, you don't need to repent. Because God understands, they say, your weakness. 
And so they don't take, they don't do daily repentance after they call it a sin. And then you hear them teaching it from the pulpit. They, they hear teaching it to the kids, the generation. Praise the Lord. My, my teacher, my, my son teacher, tell my son Levi what is okay. My son Levi, we have taught our son Levi that those movies from, from Disney, praise God, he should not watch. And we have explained to him why. A lot of these movies are satanic, and there are a lot of things there, okay? There is no, they, they call it black magic. And they got witches in these cartoons and things like that. And you hear them calling the other cartoon the good witch. Witch. She comes and she's doing magic with a stick. And the other cartoon rejoice without good witch and good dance and good magic. Some other people, they practice bad magic in the cartoon. But her, she comes to help the other kid because she's a good witch. And she... She, she does this magic and gives some things to eat. And so we have taught my son that this is not of God, that he should not watch this and, and never enjoy this because it's not of God. Praise the Lord. We have taught him the seriousness of sin. So when the teachers began, she, she is a Christian. She is a Christian. And, and she began sometimes to teach about these things. And my son says, my daddy has said that that's not good for us to watch it. That I should never watch this thing from, from Disney. And, and when they play a movie in the class, he says, I'm not going to watch it to the teacher because that's not of God. And the teacher had tried to convince my son that he should share with other children, that he should watch, them, watch the movie, the half magic or whatever. And, he, and my son says no, and the teacher says they are convincing him to watch it. And then he comes home to tell me about it, that the teacher has told him what the teacher has said to him, brothers and sisters, that he should watch it, that it's okay. Only, only do it this time, the teacher said to my son. And I said, I teach him, no, never. You don't watch this thing, never. Hallelujah. Never you, you, you watch these things that have magic. These white witches never watch these things. My son is not pleasing to God. Praise the Lord. And since I tell him that God is watching us and that Jesus is watching over us, he knows that we, Jesus is watching him in the class and that Jesus will not be pleased if he will look at those things and try to enjoy those things. So my brothers and sisters, I, I've been really feeling to put my sons out of school. Praise the Lord for those things. Praise your God. Hallelujah. Praise your God. And he witnessed to the teacher. He told the teacher, Jesus will not like that. Jesus will not like that. He tells the teacher. Praise the Lord. And she turns red, trying to explain to my son why it's okay. Praise your Lord. Praise your God. I remember the, the sister that said from the Lord that, that the Lord said to her that our Christian parents, those that are seeking him as bride, should be pulling their care out of school. Because of all those things, hallelujah, all those things, hallelujah, praise the Lord. And so I'm, I'm really into homeschooling my son. I want to homeschool my son. He has friends in school that I would not like to separate him from his friends. 
praise the Lord, because we also witnessed this, this, uh, some of his friends sometimes that visit him on the weekends, brothers and sisters, praise the Lord. And if, if I were to pull them in the beginning of the year from school, those friends that we have witnessed to might not, might not heard about the Lord, brothers and sisters. So that's why we cannot be quick. And so I pray for him every day, and I cover him with the blood of Jesus' body, soul, and spirit. I, I ask the Lord to send angels around him. I also, I also ask the Lord to wash him. I, I shared with you a few months ago when Jesus took me to heaven, and I was able to see those angels in, in the revelation I shared, and I saw Jesus uh, preparing the cheese. Remember that? And Jesus said to me, uh, I know... I know about Levi. You've been asking me about Levi. Your son, Jesus, is going. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And so Jesus told me that he heard me about my son. I, I don't want him to be contaminated, brothers and sisters, in school. But the Lord has been protecting him and keeping him. Praise the Lord. Because there's so much things. If I send them to Catholic school, they'll teach them about idols, idolatry. And I neither I want my son to learn about idols and idolatry. I learned about them when I was growing up, and believe me, what I learned, I don't want my son. I want my son to stay away. I want my son to know that we should not worship our God instead of our God, Jehovah God. The God of Isaac, Abraham, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the only God that we should serve. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. So we have to we have to be careful. We really have to be careful with the teaching in school, brothers and sisters. I'm also been thinking to to uh, there are some Christian school around. Praise the Lord. And so I might be also looking into that, find, finding a good uh, Christian school that where we can send them. Praise the Lord. His little brother is three, and so. I, I believe he can go to a Christian next year if we're around here, which I don't think we will. And if we are, the Lord knows. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. When someone told me about CERN, speaking to a brother today, what, what I heard this week, someone said, Brother Elby, uh, CERN broke down this week. CERN broke down this week. And, and but because CERN had announced that they, they were going to accomplish the purpose that they may turn for, finally. So that means that they were going to open the hole for the demons to come in. This, this was the final thing. And I know Father said that before they can do that, uh, praise the Lord, before they can open the, the, the door, the hole for these demons to come out or to come here onto earth, uh, the, the church will be raptured first. So I was saying to the brother, I think the church should have been raptured last week then. Because they announced they were going to open that, that hole, that tunnel, brothers and sisters. And if they did last week, the church would have been raptured already. So the Lord broke it down. The Lord broke down CERN. Because the Lord is working with people. I was driving today, and this woman, this Christian woman, who was faithful to the Lord years ago, the Lord brought her to my mind. But it was so real when he brought this to me as I was driving. Praise the Lord. It was an appointed time, me driving there. Praise the Lord. And I tell you this, the Lord brought this woman to my mind. Why did he bring this woman, this Christian woman? I used to worship the Lord and sing to the Lord always. 
You will go by her house and you'll hear her singing. This woman had a son that the Lord gave her. And this son, hallelujah, was her joy. Because the son was disabled. He had some kind of infirmity in his bones. So he could not move his leg. So she would have to take him to church all the time in school. She was about 13, 14 years old. Praise the Lord. And so she would have to take him back and forward. But one thing he loved, he loved to be taken to the near the water and the river. And he, he would stay around the water because he could not move his leg, but he could move his arm. And he loved to play with the water. And so every day her son, she would set him in, 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 uh, uh, in the gallery of the house, beside the gallery where people would, work, would go to work by near the street. The house was really close to the street. And he was always smiling, praise the Lord, and always greeting people. Her son was always greeting people. And every time people, people were going to work Monday morning, and they would see her son, and she, he would look at them and smile. But it was a special smile. And people knew that this kid, this, this boy, was special. He was special because no matter, no matter what, you can see like the Lord in him. He will always smile. Praise the Lord. I don't want to make every, anyone cry. I don't want to make anyone cry. It is a sad story, but it should not be sad. It should not be sad. And, and, and so she, she would set her, her son in a chair, and, and people would go by, praise the Lord, and he would smile or he would say something to the Lord. So uh, he, he was, he had special need, praise the Lord. And, and the mother did not bother her to take care of her son because every time she looked at her son, he, God gave her joy to her son. She had joy from him. So she loved to take care of her son, although her husband would go to work. Or go, praise the Lord, I believe he had a business. And she, it didn't bother her to stay home and see God and take care of her son. Praise the Lord. But one day, the, 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 the kids from school and church came by her house and said, Will you let us take, take Jason to, to the river with us? She's like, well, he don't know how to swim. He don't know how to swim. If you take him, make sure you put him near the water, but you always watch him. Never leave him alone. Never leave Jason alone. Always stay near him. Always stay watching him. And there, was a many, there were many other kids, brothers and eight or nine of them. Praise the Lord. She said, can we take him? We love to play with him. He's always laughing. And when we play and we jump in the water, he's always clapping. And, you know, and he's such a joy. We love to have him around. And the mother says, make sure you wash him when you take him down the river. Make sure you always keep your eyes on him. He don't know how to swim. He can, don't take him into the deep of the water. He said, no, we'll wash him. We'll, we'll keep our eyes on him. And all that. Brothers and sisters, praise the Lord. The joy of her life. And they, they take him, they carry him to the river, brothers and sisters, and, and they put him near the water. 
that that week before the river had rained a lot, the river water went up very high, but the, this time the water was barely down, although the current was kind of strong of it, and they put them right near the cor- the current. It was not deep. Uh, I don't think it was a feet a, a feet or less deep. Jason is playing with the water, and the kids are jumping up and down. They're watching him. But out of the time, the kids are going swimming the deep, jump up and down. Half an hour, an hour after, they forgot about Jason. Brothers and sisters. And they're playing. Kids always love to play, jump up and down. Praise the Lord. But they get all distracted. They're not watching out for Jason. The current takes Jason in into the deep. And when they realize that where is Jason, they're all asking each other after an hour, where is Jason? He was under the water long enough, brothers and sisters. That was the last day she saw her son. Last day she saw her son. Oh, God, when they let the mother know, when they call an adult to come and get the body out of the water, people ran from everywhere. When they heard what happened, they went to get his body out of the water. I was young, I remember. Praise the Lord. But the outcry of what happened was very sad, and it was very painful. Praise the Lord. I, I believe I still remember going by the house and hearing him say something or waving or smiling. Praise the Lord. After all this happened, the family saw the lands of the house and left. We don't know where they moved to. They left the church. They left everything. They're gone. And today the Lord was bringing me that mother and showing me that mother in the spirit. I can see her. Praise the Lord. And I can see her that she could look at the Lord, but not, she cannot stay looking at Jesus. Her feet are not in a narrow way with the Lord. She has still not forgotten that those kids let her son die. She still has not forgotten what happened that day. It's still in her heart as a mother. Over 20 years have passed by, and she was a joyful, giving Christian. But since her son, the joy on her heart, the smile she put, he put on her, is gone. Praise the Lord. She, it's not been easy for her to deal with this. And the Lord was showing me her driving. And I was asking myself, why is the Lord, praise the Lord, why is the Lord showing me this woman? And I could see her walking and the Lord working in her life to, to bring her back. Because the word of God says that many that are first, will be last. If many that are last are first, brothers and sisters. And she was first. She was one of the first. And Jesus showed me in heaven that he's working with the last. And today I understood. The Lord helped me understand. You know, you have those questions to the Lord. Lord, why this? Why, Lord, why? Why do you show me in heaven? that you are working to bring the last. And so I remember after he showed me this woman and showed me that she was first, 
for the, she is one of the last in the list of the Lord that is supposed to go home in the rapture, that the Lord is working with her and many like her to bring her in so the trumpet could be sound. Yes, sir. Maybe we're supposed to open those doors for the demon. But the Lord shot down the machine one more time. Because if the Lord still don't have a sheep in, all his sheep in, that are supposed to be raptured. And this woman the Lord was showing me is one of his sheep that needs to come in. Praise the Lord. And as I share, I can feel the presence. I can feel the anointing. I can fear. I can feel this woman this early afternoon, that anointing over my chest, that fire over my chest as the Lord was showing me this woman that is still being hesitant to come in. She's still having a hard time to forgive those children that let her, her joy, her son die. Brothers and sisters, still having problems letting go. She's still having a hard time forgiving them for letting her dear Jason die, her dear son die. You know, as the mother, how painful this is. Praise the Lord. But we have to forgive. Praise the Lord. And it's one of the things the Lord Jesus taught about God. Hallelujah. That as when we come to God, we have to forgive others if we want to forgive brothers and sisters. And the Lord was showing me this woman clearly this afternoon as I was driving. Hallelujah. How he's working with her for her to come in into the ark and stay in, but she had not been willing to forgive those children that let her dear son die in that river, brothers and sisters. So, Lord, I don't know where she is. I don't know what this family moved to, brothers and sisters, but I know we can pray and ask for her heart to be healed, for her to, to forgive, and there are many like her that, that are lost, that are supposed to come in into the rapture. I don't understand all the details of this, but it was what was being shown to me. I was a child when this happened. I was nine, ten years old when this happened. But somehow I can still remember clear what happened, brothers and sisters. And it was so sad. No one came to me and said, you know, uh, this can happen to anyone or anything. I was, as a child, when something like this happened, it is so sad. The outcry of the family was incredible, brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. And this is one of the things growing up that you don't, you don't understand fully. Praise the Lord. But as you come to the Lord and you read his word, we need to forgive. She needs to forgive those kids. She needs to forgive. Those kids are men today and women. They were all boys and men. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. They were children. They should have been watching for his son, though. But they, they got distracted playing, and they let her son drown. Praise the Lord. And she, need, she, needs, she needs our prayer for her heart, or my prayer for her heart, for her life, for her to be helped to forgive those kids. Because the Lord was showing me, today this woman is having still a hard time. Forgiving those children, and 
brothers and sisters, if we cannot forgive others their sins, the trespasses, so our Father in heaven will not either. This is the seriousness of our forgiveness, brothers and sisters, that we have to forgive. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If we want our Father in heaven also, hallelujah, to forgive us. It, it was taught by our Lord and rather our Lord Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus himself said, then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, so they know not what they do. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And still, when Jesus prayed this, they departed his raiment, his garment, and cut along to what it Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Forgiveness is of God, brothers and sisters. Jesus practiced forgiveness. Hallelujah. It is important to forgive others. Hallelujah. It says in, in, in Matthew 6, 15, but if they, if ye do not forgive men that trespasses, no more will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Hallelujah. In order for God to forgive this woman, brothers and sisters, or forgive any of these people with, for the things that they're going through, brothers and sisters, um, they, have to, they have to forgive she has to forgive. We have to forgive. It don't matter what people are dead to you or your family, you growing up, your parents, they, you growing up, you need to forgive them. You need to forgive your aunt. You need to forgive your uncle. You need to forgive your neighbor, maybe your teacher. No matter who in your life did something to you, you need to forgive them. If you want God to forgive your trespasses, the word of God says, and we, when we repent our sin, we always expect God to forgive us. Isn't that true? When we repent, we, we always uh, want God to say, you are forgiven for Christ. And he does. But when we don't forgive others, boy, are we in trouble. Praise the Lord. And it was something Jesus worked with me years ago. The Lord says, you have many things against your brothers and sisters, against people that have harmed you, people that have harmed you one way or another, you still have not forgiven them, my son. You need to forgive them. You need to forgive them. Praise the Lord. And the Lord gently worked with me to forgive those people. And I have to say, Lord, help me to forgive them. I can still, have, I can still feel the pain. When the Lord reminded me that I needed to forgive them, it was like the pain was clearly shown to me that I have deep, deep within my heart because somehow uh, we can, can hide pain. We can hide unforgiveness deep in our heart. I don't know how we do this, brothers and sisters. I don't know how we do this. I don't know how we hide unforgiveness in our heart, but we, we can do it. There's a saying that people say in the world, uh, time heals all wounds. Time heals all wounds, brothers and sisters. Oh, no. It is the Lord that heals our wounds. He, he carries everything we may carry on the cross, and he heals our wounds. It is Jesus Christ that heals our wounds. He was the one not time. It is the Lord, brothers and sisters. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, God. It is Jesus that heals our wounds. 
But we need to repent if we want the Lord to heal us. And when I, I said, Lord, help me to forgive these people that have hurt me, Lord. Heal my wound, Lord. Praise the Lord. I can feel those wounds were alive in me. And that it was hard for me to even pray, but I kept asking the Lord, please, Lord, help me, Jesus. Help me, Lord. Help me to forgive these people that have hurt me, Lord. Heal my heart. Heal my wound, Lord. I want to love them. I want to forgive them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. Praise you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That woman still has those wounds in her heart, that unforgiveness. And she cannot serve the Lord without all that unforgiveness she has for those boys. Praise the Lord. She's still a child of God. And she cannot get her life right with the Lord until she forgets them. Praise the Lord. It is her decision. Or if we pray, the Lord can help us too. She is a child in the list of the Lord to go home in the rapture. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Do we, need, do we all need help, brothers and sisters? We do. We all need the Lord's help. Jesus said to the disciple, without me, there's nothing you can do. And that is so true. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He also thought, forgive our debts. As we also forgive our debtors. Hallelujah. And again, 614. But if ye do, do forgive men that trespasses, said the Lord, your, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. I don't know who, whom or whom you have something in your heart. Again, hallelujah. But the Lord wants you to forgive them. And ask the Lord to help you forgive them. It is not easy without the Lord. It, 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 it is not easy. Some people can confess with their mouth. I'll never forgive them for that. Some people can say that. But if you ask the Lord, the Lord will help you forgive them. The Lord, everything is possible with God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. He continues saying, but if you do not forgive men that trespasses, no more will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Jesus forgave sin. Matthew 9, 5, 4. Whether it's easier to say, thy sins are forgiven thee, or to say, I rise and walk. Hallelujah. You see that first he forgives this man's sin, and then he healed this man after he forgave his sin. You see, it doesn't work the other way around. Some people have not experienced healing without repenting first. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We need to forgive, brothers and sisters, and it will bring so much healing into our life. When you forgive, it will bring so much healing, spiritual healing, physical healing, emotional healing. Hallelujah. It will bring to your life when you forgive. So much healing will come to your life after you forgive. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. When Peter came to the Lord and said, Hallelujah, Peter said to him, and said, Master, how often should I, should I my, uh, forgive my brother's sins? Forgive my brother's sins against me. Should I forgive him after seven times? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It was the question he asked the Master, the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 
We shall forgive them, Jesus said. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. I'm sorry, my computer is here. It's below. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus said unto him, I say now unto thee, unto seven times, but unto seventeen times, time. Hallelujah. Seventy times, time. Even more. Praise the Lord. People offending, offending you. You have to be willing to forgive them always, no matter who. When your sons and daughters have offended you with words or whatever action, or your parents, forgive them. No matter how many times they do it, continue to forgive them. Some people, some people say, I have a limit. Praise the Lord. All things are possible with God. Jesus said after 70 times, you multiply that. That is Allah. That is Allah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. We need to forgive. We need to forgive others that trespass. We need to be forgiven. Praise the Lord because it will help us to go in the Lord. In the Lord, Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Matthew eighteen thirty-five. Like, why should my Father, my Heavenly Father, uh, do unto you? It says, you forget from your heart each one to his brother that trespasses. Thank you, Lord. We have to be forgiven. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. When, when, when Jesus said, now that they saw, hallelujah, when the sick came to Jesus, Jesus saw their faith, the Bible said, he said to the sick and their palsy song, thy sins are forgiven. forgiven. Why, did, why did he just heal them right away? He said, thy sins are forgiven. Because eternal life comes through forgiveness of sin. Hallelujah. You can go into, into heaven, into eternal life, sick in your physical body. Praise your Lord. But you cannot enter without forgiving others. You see, that's, that's the difference. That is the difference why people who, who, who think that they're supposed to go to heaven, they end up going to hell. Praise the Lord. Because eternal life, it takes for us to forgive if we want to go to eternity, brothers. It's so, so important, brothers and sisters, that we forgive. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. This is why we as a Christian cannot focus on hatred. A lot of people focus more on hatred. And even their message, you can hear the message. It has like a, a certain hatred in it. We, we should never focus on hatred toward other people. But tell, telling other people how much you, you don't like these other people, how much you hate. Praise the Lord what they do. Don't focus your message on that, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Forgiveness is from God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And then here's another word used in Mark 11, 26. But if you will not forgive your Father, which is in heaven, will not pardon you your trespasses. Pardon. Pardon is another another word for forgiveness. We have that word in our constitution today, pardon. Pardon me. Praise the Lord. President can pardon you. Some people have done real uh, hard times for things they've done, and they have wrote a letter to the president to pardon what they've done. Some, sometimes they to pardon their taxes that they owe to the IRS, and the president can do that. 
I believe it's every year, according to the Constitution, the president can pardon someone uh, wrongdoing. Let's send the trespassers. Praise the Lord. It happens. Thank you, Jesus. And so if man can pardon another man, not so much more our Father in heaven when we repent, when we forgive others. We want to be pardoned. We want God always to pardon us, brothers and sisters. This is why it's so important. We can have nothing in our heart against other people. Praise the Lord, because we want to go through eternity. We don't want nothing to be between us and God. Something that God may say, you cannot come into my kingdom because you still have not forgiven these other people. And some people, you have people calling them or contacting them or whatever, saying, forgive me for what I say to you or, 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 how, or how I offended me. Praise the Lord. And still refuse to pardon them. No, my brothers and sisters, praise the Lord. If someone says, I'm sorry, say, okay. Praise the Lord. Receive it. Thank you, Lord. Sometimes people say, I'm sorry. I said, okay. I receive, I receive it. Praise you, Lord. We need to forgive and we need to practice that. Sometimes it can be hard. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Some some people have said, but Brother Elvi, if um people continue to offend, should you always deal with those persons? Uh, you can stay away from them. You can forgive them, but stay away. In other words, praise the Lord, because to them, so to some people, it is a joke to offend other people. I mean, some people offend me by joke, and I pray that I forgive them. Praise the Lord to the Lord. And some people, it is a joke to them. It is a joke to hurt other people, to offend other people. They take it as a joke because they have not taken salvation seriously. They don't understand that the punishment of sin, it is hell for all eternity, brothers and sisters. Hell and then the lake of fire. And so they don't understand the seriousness of salvation. They don't understand the seriousness of, of eternity. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise to Jesus. So they take it as a joke. Praise to God. Praise to Jesus. So you need to be careful. You may have to stay away with certain people that take that takes offending as a joke. Praise to Jesus. And it's better to stay away. Thank you, Lord. But always forgive them, for sure. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus practiced forgiving. Hallelujah. The Lord, he practiced it with his disciples. And they saw how loving and forgiving he was. Hallelujah. He saw, we saw how, how he forgave G, uh, Peter. Peter denied Jesus three times. And if, if we were in the shoes of Jesus, like some people say, if I, if I was in his shoes, praise the Lord, uh, Jesus could have said, a man who did it three times, you, uh, one should have been enough, Peter, but you did it three times, Peter. Come on. Didn't I taught you better? <laughs> he didn't say that. He was still loving and forgiving to Peter. Praise the Lord. He looked at Peter in, in the cross. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Played his music three times. Hallelujah. Peter heard. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Three times the same prophecy that, that praise the Lord, Jesus told him it would, it would happen. 
It was repeated three times. Three times, man. It was repeated. Pray hallelujah. And when, when, when it's like someone saying to you three times, what have you done? What have you done? What have you done? Praise the Lord. And, and so Peter uh, cried bitterly. In other words, it hurt Peter. It hurt Peter because he looked up his master being taken to prison. He looked at Jesus being taken to prison when this happened. They were taking him into prison. He loved Jesus so much. Jesus knew that Peter loved him. And, so, and a lot of times, God will rebuke you and I because he, know, he knows we love him. A father, a father that loves his son will rebuke him, will discipline him. And that was Jesus disciplined Jesus, disciplined Peter. And the Lord disciplined us through the rebuke also, through telling us what to do, although it hurts. It hurts sometimes. But he wants us to be forgiven always, brothers and sisters. Praise you, Lord. And as we do, we grow, we mature, we are healed, and we are forgiven. And we can take part in God in God's kingdom. Hallelujah. Cast them all, God says to Adam and Eve, because they will not repent. Praise the Lord. If you don't repent, you cannot take part in Christ. You cannot take part in his wedding. You cannot come to heaven. You cannot enter if you don't repent. That's why Adam and Eve was rebuked. They were cast out. They were taken out. That's what sin does between us and God when we don't repent. You cannot enjoy God's presence. You want to be in God's presence every day. You want to enjoy the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life? Repent daily. And then after you repent in the blood of Jesus cleanses you for your own, for all unrighteousness, then ask the Lord that you want to be in his presence, to give you his Holy Spirit, to give you the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. I have people write to me. Brother Elvis, for years, I've been asking God to fill me with his Holy Spirit. Why has God not done it? I've been asking God in prayer. I pray and I pray and I pray and I pray, Brother Elvis. And I ask God to fill me with his Holy Spirit. Why has not God filled me with his Holy Spirit? Thank you, Lord. But then when you say to them, you need to repent every day you sin. Oh, why do I need to repent so much? Come on, Brother Elvis. <laughs> they ask me for help. And then when I, when I tell them, when I share what the Lord has shared with me, they said, oh, come on, why do you need to repent so much? They're waiting for another word. They're probably waiting for me. Oh, the Lord said that you are a good servant, and he's going to give it to you tomorrow. <laughs> That's the word they want to hear. Praise the Lord. Someone, someone, did, someone wrote to me a few days ago and said, Brother Elvis, my husband and I are having financial problems. Praise the Lord. And I said, all right, let, let's, let's take it into prayer, into fasting and prayer with the Lord. Praise you, Lord. And they pray. And they're waiting for the Lord to give me a word. And, and have you heard anything from the Lord? No. I asked the Lord in prayer. The Lord gave me a word. The Lord showed me that to him is more important that they prepare for the rapture, get ready for the rapture, that be, to be concerned with the financial need. Seek the kingdom of heaven first, and every other thing will be added unto you. It's what the Lord gave. I knew that word was not going to be sweet or funny. Because people want to hear, next week or tomorrow, you're going to receive a check, $10,000 in the mail. But that's not, that's not the word the, the Lord is giving me. You see, those preachers on television, 
You write to them. You tell them you're having a, a financial problem. They tell you, send me $1,000, and, and your problem will be solved soon. Praise the Lord. And you send her $1,000. What's the word? Next week, you'll get a check on the mail. <laughs> it's healthy. And when, when, when next week comes and they don't get a check on the mail, they're heartbroken. Oh, they just feed me, but they don't see $1,000 ever again. <laughs> they got $1,000, and you didn't got your, your financial breakthrough. God have mercy. God have mercy. It's not that the Lord that it that the Lord cannot do it. It's everything is impossible with the Lord. It's possible. But what's more important to you? Your salvation? Or that you're that you're financially uh free? That you have that you have enough money in the bank to buy whatever you want. What's more important to you? What do you think is more important to your father in heaven? Thank you, Lord. Right now, what's more important to our Father in heaven, that we are righteous, ready, that our lives are ready for him, that we are repenting daily as much as we can, and that when his son comes, we can go home with him in the righteous. That's what is in God's mind and heart right now. But also, as you seek the kingdom of heaven, every other thing will be added unto you. Yes, God will take care of your needs, but you have a spirit in need. That needs to be taken care of first, brothers and sisters. You have a spiritual need that needs to be taken care of first than your financial need. Praise the Lord. Be grateful with the little you have. Be grateful. Be grateful with the little you have. Praise the Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Be grateful, my brothers and sisters. Be grateful with what you have. Don't complain. I heard one of the greatest pastors that I ever heard, that I used to hear years ago. He, 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 Lord was sent him to do ministry. When God sent him to do ministry, he only had one suit to wear. The shoes that he had, that he used to go to church with, had a hole in the middle of the shoes. His, his socks had holes. He only had like three pairs of socks. He would never miss a service in the church. But he, he was so poor, he only had those clothing. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. He still went to church, brothers and sisters, to rejoice as a Christian. Hallelujah. Having so little. He said then later on, brothers and sisters, he began to do ministry. God called him to do ministry with the one suit he had. He knew that a lot of churches, would not receive him to preach to the churches unless he had a sword and a tie. That's all he had, brothers and sisters. Starting the ministry. The Lord spoke to him, go. Brothers and sisters, when he went to do service, God will baptize people. He will deliver people. He will give them a word of wisdom and knowledge. God will save a lot of people. Brothers and sisters, people were jumping up and down of everything that God was doing through this man and how powerful God will move through him. But they will not realize that his shoes had a hole under. He had a, he tells the story, he had a Volkswagen. The floor of the Volkswagen was gone, was rusted away. He, he, he found a cardboard in the, in, the, in the garbage, took a piece of cardboard, and what the floor of the car was supposed to be, that's what he was spending on that cardboard, brothers and sisters, to go preach to the, to the churches. He said, 
It was, it was, he had the, the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit he ever saw. Being so poor, preaching the gospel. Thank you, Lord. People, people, he saw people complaining for little things. They had nice cars, nice homes, nice houses, great jobs. And, and they could not come and rejoice in the services. For little things, maybe that happened. Maybe a contract did not went through. Maybe he, he, he or she did not make too much money this week. Maybe the $30,000 deal that was supposed to come through this week, he only got 10. And these people were so sad that they didn't want to raise their hand to worship in the service. <laughs> if he can put his, his pocket out, and they not had a penny in it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And God was using him in the altar. All around the country, around the nation, God brought him from the island to preach also in the United States when God provided some more suit to wear. <laughs> when he finally had enough to buy a plane ticket. And he came to the United States in different churches, in mega churches, and God would put out his spirit and baptize people and save a lot of people. And all he said was about holiness years ago. Praise the Lord. He has so little. And so people so sad, not willing to seek God and repent, having so much. Sometimes money is a thorn in our life. Money is a thorn to a lot of people. A lot of people can do so much in the Lord, but because all they think about is money is a thorn. It's a thorn. Praise the Lord. It is a thorn. God has called people to do ministry, to go here, to go there, but they say, God, I don't have enough money. God already knows that you don't have enough money. God wants your obedience first. It's what he wants. He wants your obedience. God knows that you don't have money. He is the owner of silver and gold, is the Lord. But when he calls you to do ministry, you say, but Lord, I don't have money. But the Lord, the Lord knows already you don't have money. He wants your obedience. Pastor said, when the Lord called me to do ministry, I only have one suit. And the shoes I had were broken and the socks were broken too. And I said, yes, Lord, I'll go. And he went. And then little by little, then the Lord began to provide. But the Lord called him first into obedience. John the Baptist only had one suit. <laughs> John the Baptist only had one suit. And with that suit, he preached for years and baptized people in the Jordan River for years with one suit. Praise the Lord. He did took a lot of shower in that Jordan River. But he only had one suit, brothers and sisters. the Baptist had one suit. And he did his own ministry until he died, until he was, his dad was caught and taken to heaven. He did all his ministry with one suit. No one complained that he sank. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Uh, with Jesus right when, when he said John was the greatest. With Jesus right, Elijah also had only one suit. One suit had the prophet Elijah. He can call fire from heaven. And he only had one suit to wear. And that all his ministry with one suit. And you're, you're probably complaining with the little you have. And the, with the little you have, you are more than John the Baptist and Elijah the prophet. You are more wealthy than they are. 
you probably had a, have a car that can take you almost anywhere. They didn't even have that. John the Baptist travels on his feet. He ain't locust in the wilderness. So everywhere he went, he walked. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Praise you, God. And and people just complain to the Lord that they have little, that what they have is not enough. They're still waiting for the millions to come. And, and my goodness, God is only calling them to obedience. And they and the root of all evil is what they keep thinking about. Root, root your life in the Word of God. Root out your life in the Word of God. Root in the Word of God, brothers and sisters, your life. And let it be just in the word of God. And when God calls you to obedience, say, Lord, here I am. Thank me, Lord. And just go. Just go with the little you have. You'll see that God will take care of you. God will provide everything else you will need. But just go, brothers and sisters. Praise you, Lord. Just just go. When Jesus called me in Massachusetts to come here, praise the Lord. Praise you, God. The only word I was waiting for the Lord to tell me, just go. And when Jesus came and told me to go, praise the Lord, I prepared everything, and I came. Praise the Lord. I left a lot of things I, I used to love to have. Praise the Lord. I left them all back in Massachusetts. I gave a lot of things away that I have for many years. I gave them all away because I just want to be obedient. I didn't want those things to hold me back. Praise the Lord. And God was so faithful. I had a registered boat up in Massachusetts. Uh, uh, the week before I came, it was stalling. Oh, I'm sorry, the month before I came, it was stalling. Someone stole it, and it was registered. I could just report it. No, I didn't report it. Praise the Lord, because I, I took it this way. The Lord was sending me to do ministry. He didn't want anything that would hold me back. I used to love taking my boat to the water. Praise the Lord. But if that was going to hold me back, so no. Everything that I used to that I used to love to have, I gave away. I just gave it away. I didn't want nothing, absolutely nothing that would hold me back. Praise the Lord. But the Lord provides, you see. Put God first. When the Lord calls me to go around the nation, I didn't want to have nothing. Just go. Nothing that would hold me back. Praise the Lord. I just want to go. Send me to Colombia, go. Venezuela, Argentina, Chile, Mexico, Spain. All the country that I know I'm going to go to Central America, I just want to grab a briefcase with a, a, a bag, some clothing, my family, let's go. Praise the Lord. That's it. We don't need nothing else. The Lord will provide the rest, brothers and sisters. Go evangelize. Go bring the gospel. If we still have a little time, if we still have a month or a couple of weeks, and the Lord wants to send me out, I will just go, brothers and sisters. We got to stop letting the root of all evil hold us back, brothers and sisters. Don't, don't tell God you don't have enough. Uh-uh, God knows you don't have enough. Uh, surprise, God knows. God knows everything. Don't tell him you don't have enough. Just tell him that you, to help you to be obedient. That's all you need to tell him. God, help me to be obedient. That's it. Help me to be obedient. Lord, help me to do your will. Praise the Lord. Don't even think about money. Don't even say to the Lord you don't have enough money. Praise the Lord, because that should not be in your heart. Money, it is just a tool for you to pay your bill, pay your rent, pay whatever you need to pay, and that's it. 
is first of all, be faithful to him. That's what money is, a tool for us to be faithful, for us to be store of it and give to the poor, give to his word, give to the poor. That's it. Thank you, Jesus. That's all we need to do, brothers and sisters. And the rest, the Lord will take care of us. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Brothers and sisters, well, thank you. Thank you, Lord. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make the faith shine upon you. We have a lot of people on call. Praise the Lord. People love to enjoy the Lord's tower on their cell phone. My goodness, from different, we got people from all different, from all states practically, all different area call. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord for all the people listening at home. I'm so glad that the Lord, this program has been blessing your life. Thank you, Jesus, for it. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. God is good, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord. And he loves it when we enjoy his presence. Get into repentance with the Lord, and the Lord will bless you. The Lord Jesus will bless you. He is faithful. Faithful is him that sat on the throne, brothers and sisters. He is faithful, God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm Stephen Benoon. You're watching Israeli News Live. Got a very interesting broadcast tonight. We did lose our sound and live stream there, and we uh, got you going here, though, to where you'll be able to see the broadcast there. I actually had to redo the broadcast. If you, Anyway, if you have your Bible, let's go quickly over to Daniel chapter 11, verse 43. Now, this is speaking about the prince that shall come. And a little bit later, we will go into that, uh, go back to the scripture in Daniel chapter 9, just to review that. But starting here with verse 43, this is a biblical prophecy that is fulfilling itself. It is manifesting itself right before your eyes on a daily basis. And people don't even know. They don't even realize prophecy is being fulfilled. In verse 43 of chapter 11 says, But he shall have power over the treasuries of gold and silver and over all the precious things of Egypt. And the Libyans and the Ethiopians shall be at his steps. Now, who's that he? That is the prince that shall come. And he is over the gold and, and the, and the treasures. He's over the, over the treasures of gold and silver and over all precious things of Egypt. That's none other than the Pope of Rome. That is Italy itself. And you're going to find out the whole money trail. Follow that money trail and you'll find out who the guilty party is. And we're going to go into that very rapidly here. First of all, I'd like to take you there to some news articles that I copied and pasted here into my uh, WordPress here. Excuse me, my, my uh, uh, Microsoft uh, Word. And this article right here is one of the very most powerful ones here. It says, Vast Natural Gas Reserves Discovered in Ethiopia. Uh, pipeline stretching from Ethiopia to Deyambute under construction. This was released on March the 27th of 2015. All right. Now, this pipeline that's being built there, it actually says that uh, Oramba Times 
is, is who actually did the article here, says, Adidas Ababa, the vast reserves of natural gas recently discovered in Ethiopia drew particular attention to the international companies, a construction of gas pipelines stretching from the Arbaminich to uh, Diabute through Awasa and Diradawa is underway. Local Ethiopian newspaper reported. All right. Now, if they're constructing a natural gas pipeline, friends, then you have to keep in mind the knowing of the natural gases there has been known for quite some time, or they wouldn't be out there constructing a natural gas pipeline. All right. And now we went back with you guys not too long ago, and we discussed a lot of different key scriptures that have been that's been being fulfilled here in modern times. Let me just quickly show you another one here because I think it's very important that we stay on top of biblical prophecies that are going on. In Micah, uh, because everything is happening right now mostly in the Middle East, and we're going to go through these scriptures here that does deal with the Middle East. But Micah, actually in Micah chapter 7 here, I want to quickly take you to a scripture here, and this was one that has been fulfilled here in the last couple of years. Um, and so let me take you down to where that one is there, and... Let me open up my Bible here so I get to the right place there. So I don't miss it with you there. I've got, I've got everything marked there, but it's, I don't have it marked here. All right, uh, it's in verse 13. And the land shall be desolate for them that dwell therein because of the fruit of their doings. What land is going to be desolate? Well, we got to look at verse 12. There shall be a day when they shall come unto thee from Assyria, even the cities of Egypt, and from Egypt even unto the river, and from the sea to sea, and from mountain to mountain. And the land shall be desolate for them that dwell therein because of the fruit of their doings. Assyria, by the way, friends, the modern-day Syria is in that region, the domain of ancient Assyria to begin with. Parts of also Iran and, and Jordan also encompassed that area back in biblical times. But it says that it would be desolate because of their own doings. That's because the United States went in there and created ISIS, uh, along, along with uh, some help with, the, with Israeli Mossad there that have actually helped govern the forces there that have caused an internal conflict, a, a civil war. You know, we know from John Stockwell, the former CIA head of director of operations there, who stated that the United States is very well known for toppling democracies, perfectly good democracies, for whatever gain or purpose that they so desire. Well, that's what's happened in Syria. Bashar, Bashar al-Assad, the president of Syria, has had to endure several years now of civil unrest and civil war in his country thanks to the United States that wants to oust him. Well, we're going to find out why. Because Daniel clearly prophesies of why that this is going on. And anything back in here, we got all kinds of prophecies that we've talked about in recent broadcasts about these things that are, that are going on there in the Middle East. But of course, Russia has thrown, a, has thrown a monkey wrench in the whole program because Russia came in. And that was something that the Vatican was not thinking about. When I say the Vatican wasn't thinking about, you have to remember, I believe it's in the Apocalypse of Abraham, Abraham's apocalyptic writing speaks about how that the world would be bankrupt by the Roman soldiers in the latter days. The Roman soldiers? Well, that tells you clearly then that Rome is the one that's over the soldiers. And of course, Rome does carry a lot of heavy weight over NATO, the NATO forces, the United Nations. The Vatican has a lot of weight over all of this completely without, without any I mean, that's just facts, okay? Facts are facts. We can't, we can't ignore that. 
Now, let me take you real quick here before we jump back, uh, going back to Daniel here, to the prophecy in Daniel. And we'll be dealing with a couple of things there in Daniel. I need to, uh, and we'll be going to Obadiah as well. Let's quickly get us back here in here, chapter 11 here. We'll scoot right on down here to some of these verses in the bottom where we'll be picking up at. And uh, let's go back, though, to the articles, some of these articles that I brought out here. Now, another one here, another thing that we've seen here, that violent clashes in Ethiopia have broken out over a master plan to expand the Adidas, okay, the Adidas Ababa. Now, why do they need to expand the Adidas there? The Adidas is, of course, it's in Ethiopia. Remember, Adidas Ababa, let me, let me kind of, let's, let's, Make this a little bit bigger so you guys can see that. Men parade in the Ormoya region outside Adidas Ababa. This is the photograph here that uh, from Reuters that they put up there. Now, I don't want to start a doctrine out of this, so please don't get a doctrine started. Brother Steve said this, but I thought it was kind of funny. The guy that's on the white horse there, doesn't he look like Barack Obama, President Obama? I tell you, he does. It's kind of funny. Anyway, though. Uh, the clashes that have broke out there, it's been very serious there in the region there. There's been a lot of people that have been killed already as a result of these clashes here. I'm going to blow this up so you can see a little bit better on the screen. At least 10 students are said to have been killed and hundreds injured during protests against the Ethiopian government's plans to expand the capital city into the surrounding farmland. According to Human Rights Watch, the students were killed this week when security forces used excessive force in live ammunition to disperse the crowds. Uh, this here was, uh, says here the students were protesting against a controversial proposal known as the Master Plan to expand Adidas Ababa into surrounding or Ormia State, which they say will threaten local farmers with mass evictions. Mass evictions? Why would they want to throw the Ethiopians out of their land? Well, remember what we just saw here. There is a huge amount of natural gas that was discovered in Ethiopia, and they're building that gas pipeline. And where does that happen to be at? It's in that very region there that we just now talked about, right there on your screen. And I'll highlight that up for you guys so you can see that a little bit better yourself. Adidas Ababa. So there is a reason then why they're going to do this mass eviction. Now you might say, well, Steve, that, that, there's no, you don't have any proof on that. You're just speculating. This is why they're doing it because you're looking at a Bible verse and saying that the Vatican's in behind the, the, the Ethiopia falling, falling at its steps. We're going to go into that in just a moment. You're going to find out how the Vatican historically has been responsible or complicit to the death of over a million Ethiopians as well as today displacing and causing the mass exodus of not only the Ethiopians and the refugees down in that area there, but as well as the Muslim neighborhoods and population, the Arabic people from Syria and other parts of the regions that have been dispersed and going to all over the world. All right, very sad situation indeed. So violent clashes are broken, breaking out, broken out in Ethiopia over the master plan to expand the Adidas. That's exactly what we're seeing happen. Now remember, the Vatican claims to be that world ruler. They claim to be the, 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 the main one over the world there. Let me move on down a little bit further here. All right. Um, this here. 
Now, I want you to see what the Vatican's official news is going on, that they're saying as well, because they're reporting about what's going on out there in Ethiopia too. This is under the, the news of the Vatican News, official Vatican network. It says, Africa, Ethiopia, emergency in Ethiopia for tens of thousands of South Sudanese refugees, Adidas Ababa. Wow, that's right where we're at. There are between 72,000 to 100,000 South Sudanese refugees who have fled to Western Ethiopian region of Gambela, according to the estimates by some humanitarian organizations operating in the area. Clashes between government soldiers and rebels loyal to former South Sudanese Vice President Rick Mahar have forced several hundreds of thousands of internally displaced people and refugees into neighboring countries, primarily Ethiopia, to flee the humanitarian situation of refugees in Gambala region is a precarious and is getting worse day by day to, to, to the continuous arrival of new refugees. Now, this is what the Vatican is reporting on right here, okay? Now, it's interesting that the Vatican is reporting this like the way that they're reporting it, like this is a big bad thing going on in Ethiopia, and we're here to say this is creating a humanitarian problem. But yet... When we go back over here to the Bible, we see that the Bible clearly identifies the Vatican as the one that is causing the problem. All right? Now, let me, let me get over here right along with you here. Okay. So, that's in verse 42. He shall stretch forth his hand also upon the countries, and the land of Egypt shall not escape. But he shall have power over the treasures of gold and silver and over all the precious things of Egypt. And the Libyans and the Ethiopians shall be at his steps. And now we're seeing the Vatican, we're seeing other news agencies reporting about problems, settlement, unrest, violence going on there in Ethiopia. But friends, it's been going on a lot longer than just now. Why? Because the natural gas and stuff was discovered much earlier. There are, they've been building these pipelines. So that discovery was even earlier. And this is what's been going on in the Middle East as well. Huge discoveries of natural gas off the coast of Israel and off of the coast of Syria, as well as Egypt, have been discovered. And who do you think got the, the rights to get the natural gas uh, drilling rights off of Egypt? An Italian-based oil company got those rights. That's exactly right. Well, you might say, Steve, that's still not, um, uh, you're not implicating the Pope at that particular point. Well, you're right, we're not. So let's take a look at what's really going on, and then we're going to come back to the biblical side of this, and we're going to really backtrack a little bit in Daniel's prophecy of chapter 11, and we're going to bring it down with a grand finale for you here. All right, friends, let's go over here. We have a wonderful thing that is being put on right now by the, by the Vatican. The Vatican and the World Bank partner to launch a year of mercy with St. Peter's Climate Change Light Show. That sounds like a wonderful thing that the Vatican's doing. The Pope of Rome has put this together. This was actually something that just come to pass. It happened, uh, says Rome, on December the 4th of 2015, the Catholic Church founded to shed the light of Christ on the world has quite literally invited the world to shed its light on her. On December the 8th, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, as well as the opening of the Extraordinary Jubilee of Mercy, Pope Francis has allowed the climate change partisans and population-controlled advocates to project a light show on the facade of the cupola of St. Peter's Basilica in Rome, the most important church in the Catholic world, so as the inspired change around the climate crisis. The show, titled 
illuminating our common home, probably Illuminati, our common home, will project onto St. Peter's images of our shared natural world in order to educate, inspire, and change around the climate crisis across generations, cultures, languages, religions, and class. States a press release about the event put on by, the, by one of the sponsors. The Vatican spokesperson for the event, Archbishop Reno Fischilia, the president of the Pontifical Council of the New Evangelicalization called the event unique for its gender and for the fact that it is being displayed for the first time on such a significant backdrop. These illuminations will present images inspired by mercy of humanitarian, of the natural world, and climate change, Francelica said. Francelica said that the light show of the Vatican is meant to link Pope Francis' environmental encyclical Laudato Si with United Nations Climate Change Conference uh, uh, currently underway in Paris. The Vatican has shown strong support for the conference. Having the show conclude the opening year of mercy celebrations also links the Pope's message about mercy to fighting climate change. That was officially, officially, what is, it was done on the 9th there in Vatican City. As you can see, they were using the, the images there on front of St. Peter's Basilica to actually do this, which is really not St. Peter's, but that's what they call it, nonetheless. But what they did not tell you is just how wicked and evil the World Bank is. And the Pope of Rome has known this all along. And what's really been going on in Ethiopia, they've known all along as well. But the thing is, they would have you believe all these lies that we just shared with you here. They, they would rather you believe the lies that the Vatican has told you on their news program. They, oh, by the way, the Vatican did make sure that the so-called Ethiopian Christians that were killed in Libya, that were all beheaded, this made world headlines. These Catholic boys that were beheaded by ISIS, of course ISIS is making its round not only in the Middle East, but also down into Libya and even into Ethiopia. And they were beheading Catholic Christians. Why? To make it look like that they're the victim. Of course. They don't want you to know that the Vatican is very complicit with this huge refugees and humanitarian crisis that's going on. They don't want you to know about that. Okay, so let's go, let's go back and let's take a look at some things here. Like I said, this here, violent clashes in Ethiopia, the master plan to expand Adidas. And for what reason? Because of this natural gas reserve that's been discovered. They've got to make way for it. And they might be broadening the city, not just for being able to do the natural gas, but maybe they need to build new buildings in there, you know, for the common good of Ethiopia, right? Well, let's take a look at what's really going on, what the Vatican really is supporting. This here was found on the World Bank. Uh, the website there is called theworldbank.org. All right. And this article here, this was done by, by the way, friends, over 50 journalists were involved in putting this information together here. And I'm going to only highlight on a few things that, are, that is actually in this article here that I want to share with you. All right, but let's just let's just kind of highlight transcript. Vatican press conference with World Bank Group President Jim Young uh, Kim. He says, "I came here uh, here specifically." Oh, I'm sorry, this was not the article done by the 50. Uh, my apologies, friends. I need to take you to that article first. Uh, that you know, no, let's go back here. All right, this here only shows again the Vatican's involvement. It's another 
the World Bank, this is on their website, showing the Vatican's involvement with the World Bank is what we're looking at right here. The transcript, the Vatican press conference with World Bank Group President Jim, Jim Young Kim. It says here, Dr. Kim, thanks very much for coming. I came here specifically to speak with the Holy Father about some of the things that have been happening in the World Bank Group that affect the entire world and that are much in line with his stated priorities. As you may know, we have launched a target to end extreme poverty, that is people living on less than, uh, uh, let, me, let me blow this up again for you guys that are, that are watching here. Okay. As you may know, we have launched a target to end extreme poverty, that is uh, people living on less than uh, U.S. $1.25 a day by 2030. That's awful gracious of you, isn't it? And that means to bring it below 3% of people in the world living in the extreme poverty. And we've done a lot of studies, and it turns out that it's going to be extremely hard to reach that target. Well, of course not. As long as you're keeping all the billionaires and millionaires all fat, and as long as the Vatican holds all the treasures of the world uh, in, in Vatican City and in the Vatican Bank, and of course in the World Bank as well, and they won't release their funds, yeah, no one's ever going to make over $1.25 a day in these impoverished nations. Anyway, so, so the growth rates, especially inclusion of the poorest in growth, are going to have to be at levels that are higher than we've seen in the last 20 years. In other words, we have to grow more quickly, and we have to include more of the poor in growth if we're to reach that target. Sounds like a great thing, Mr. Jim, Jim, uh, Jim, Mr. Kim. Moreover, the second target that we have set is boosting shared prosperity. And by shared prosperity, we are going to follow the income growth of the bottom 40% of the population in developing countries. And we've now understood that throughout the world, that if you leave, if you have GDP growth, but that don't include the bottom 40%, you built instability into your societies. We've seen this in the Arab Spring. We've seen this in Brazil and Turkey. Well, you help create Arab Spring, and you're creating the crisis in Ethiopia now. And so in many ways that the Holy Father has been saying about inclusion and poverty is exactly the same things as we have been saying. So I spoke with him at great length about our target to end poverty. I spoke with him also about our commitment to work in the most fragile and conflicted states. That was awfully nice of him, wasn't it? Awfully nice of him to say that. But let's see what the World Bank is really doing. All right. So we go down to another article in which we pulled up here. And that happens to be the Africa Ethiopian Emergency in Ethiopian for tens of thousands of South Sudanese refugees. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the African one. I mean, that's the, uh, the Vatican one. Here's the one we're looking for right here. This here, how the World Bank broke its promise to protect the poor. This is the article that has over 50 journalists that were a part of this. And some of these journalists that are named here, I want you to be able to see for yourself so you know that I'm not just making this up. Sasha Chabikin, uh, Ben Hallman, Michael Hudson, uh, Shane Shefflett, uh, uh, several of these, Gulia Afun, Mark Cabra, Anthony Langat, Jacob Kushner, Many, many different people were involved in putting this article together and doing the investigation on this about the World Bank's uh, system there. I highlighted some key information that I wanted to share with you. These are the key findings of the report. 
report itself. Over the last decade, projects funded by the World Bank have physically or economically displaced an estimated 3.4 million people, forcing them from their homes, taking their land, or damaging their livelihoods. The World Bank has done this? Well, maybe that explains why we have a problem in Ethiopia right now of civil unrest. But of course, the Vatican is reporting that it's, it's some of the it's, it's the other the, the former government the uh, the former president's rival people that are causing the problems. But it says here the World Bank has regularly failed to live up to its own policies for protecting people harmed by projects it finances. The World Bank and its private sector lending arm, the International Finance Corp, have financed governments and companies accused of human rights violations such as rape, murder, and torture. In some cases, the lenders have continued to bankroll these borrowers after the evidence of abuses emerged. Ethiopian authorities diverted millions of dollars from a World Bank-supported project to fund a violent campaign of mass evictions, according to the former official who carried out the forced resettlement program. From 2009 to 2013, World Bank Group lenders pumped $50 billion into projects, graded the high risk for the irreversible or unprecedented social or environmental impacts more than twice as much as the previous five-year span. wonder why. You don't think it has anything to do with that natural gas pipeline that's underway, do you? I'm sure it has a lot to do with it. The bank's commitment, it says, is to do no harm to people or the environment. The World Bank has broken its promises or its promise. Over the past decade, the bank has regularly failed to enforce its rules with devastating consequences for some of the poorest and most vulnerable people. Oh, but isn't the Pope right there behind them? Oh, yes. Pope Francis, they had them a great facade out there to show that they're there for the environment and for the people. They're not the cause of any of the unrest because we can trust Vatican News for that. Vatican News tells us that's the former president of Ethiopia. They're the ones causing all the unrest. Maybe that's where all the money's going there. Maybe that's where all the bankroll is being given to the billions of dollars. Well, Let's take a look at the scripture again. Let's go back to what the Bible says about this. Let's move up just a little bit. Let's go and take a serious look. Now, before, we, before I start here in the bottom here of, of Daniel's prophecy chapter 11... We're actually going to start at verse 36, but I need to run you up to verse 14. I'm going to share with you something that's going to blow you away, friends. Again, prophecy being fulfilled. Let's look at verse 13 first. And the king of the north shall again set forth a multitude greater than the former, and he shall come on at the end of times, even of years, with a great army, and with much substance. With, he's coming again? So I guess, Mr. Francis, when, you, you know, when the Pope before you, or the Pope before that, John Paul II, when they sent NATO and their allies in there to destroy Iraq, that wasn't enough. Wasn't enough oil fields. You, you got in there and caused the unrest and caused the Iraqis to go in there and, and to uh, invade Kuwait to justify a reason. And of course, do some more mass killings up there with the Kurds in the northern part of Iraq. 
Because why? You have to liberate this country. After all, one of your first uh, uh, first Iraqi uh, arch, uh, not archbishop, but uh, cardinal, you, you nominated, you, you actually promoted a cardinal from Iraq. That was really nice of you. But you destabilized the region, sent the United States in there, that king of the north, he goes in there and just ransacks the whole place. Destabilizes it. Then we find in verse 13, it says, And the king of the north shall again set forth a multitude greater than the former. That's your army. That's your Roman soldiers. Because remember, it was in the apocalypse of Abraham, I believe is where this is written at, where it speaks about that, he will, that, that they will bankrupt the world with his Roman soldiers. Of course, not the Vatican, only the world. And you'll take the money from the wealthy and redistribute it to the poor. Doesn't that sound familiar, friends? Sure does, doesn't it? Anyway, and he shall come on at the end of times, even in the years, with a great army and with much substance. The end of years. Sounds like Jesus in Matthew 24, doesn't it? There shall be wars and rumors of wars. We're going to go into that in just a little bit as well. Verse 14, And in those times there shall many stand up against the king of the south. Also the children of the violent among thy people shall lift themselves up to establish the vision, but they shall stumble. i got to translate this for you a little bit more accurately. It's pretty good. It's pretty good there. And King James, just let me repeat what it says in King James. This is where they translate it. And in those times there shall many stand up against the king of the south. Also the robbers of thy people shall exalt themselves to establish the vision, but they shall fall or fail. Fall. I got fall. They shall fall. All right. Not too bad either. What's happening here? What is it actually saying in those Hebrew words that you see on your screen? When we get down there and it says, about also the children of the violent among thy people. See? What do we do here? I wish you could see my my highlighter here so you could see where we're at. Uvene, palatsi, uvene, and the sons, literally, and the sons of the wicked, or another way you could say, and the sons of the lawless ones. The sons of the lawless ones of your people, amcha, your people. All right? Then he goes on. Your people will try, they're going to try to marry the vision and they will fail. You won't be able to make it happen. You see, what is he saying? The, your sons of your people are going to try, the lawless ones. If you look at the Gospel of the Holy Twelve or or the humane gospel of Yeshua. These are some of the what, what's called the lost gospels there. Many times, Jesus in this particular books here, and these, by the way, are the ones that we actually are quoted by the early church fathers. They didn't have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John at that time. They had the gospel of the Hebrew gospel of Matthew, which is the gospel of the Holy Twelve, and the gospel of the Evenites, which is the humane gospel of what it's called today. That's the books that they had then, and they quoted from them. And then from that is where they brought together Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But anyway, Jesus always refers in there of the lawless ones. And he referred to the lawless ones as being the Orthodox Jews of today, or excuse me, of, of his time period. The ones that were in there doing the sacrificial service in the temple. 
Jesus called them the lawless ones. Why was he calling them that? Because Jesus believed that the prophecy that was written in, in the commandments that was given to Moses, thou shalt not kill, also included the animals. But that was taken out. And other things were added. We can go into that another time. I've got plenty of videos on that already. But the thing is, if, if offering the, the sacrifices of the animals was what God wanted, and it was what remitted Israel's sins, then there should have never been destruction of the temple in 70 AD. Because Israel did not fail to offer those sacrifices very faithfully, all the way to the destruction of the temple. But Yeshua makes a very interesting comment when he says, if you knew what this meant, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would not have killed the innocent. Now some people believe that's a direct reference to himself. It was not. In the Hebrew Matthew, he says you would not have bound the guiltless. It's in the Hebrew plural speaking of the sacrificial animals. Now it may make sense why Jeremiah actually says, and I'll just quickly, just for those that need to know it, let's just quickly look at that for those that, that may be not aware of this. Jeremiah clearly says in chapter 7, chapter 7, Jeremiah deals with this very thing as well. And he says here in verse 22, Roll you down real quick to verse 22 there. He says, For I spoke not unto your fathers. That's literally. For I spoke not to your fathers, nor commanded them in the day that I brought them up out of the land of Egypt concerning burnt offerings or sacrifices. But this thing I commanded them saying, Hearken unto my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people, and walk ye in all the way that I commanded you, that it may be well with you. Isn't it Isaiah that actually says that my father's house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations? You know, Yeshua actually quoted that scripture as well. My father's house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. But you allowed the Pope of Rome to come in there. You allowed the Pope of Rome to come in there. And, and of course, Obadiah, what, what, what did Israel do? Now, let me, let me, I'm sorry, before I go to what the Pope of Rome did, let's real quick go back. We're going back to Daniel. Just like what we just read there. I want you to see that. See, what did he say there in verse 14? Chapter 11. I probably didn't hit on chapter 11 yet. Sorry about that. In verse 14, he says there, And in those times there shall many shall stand against the king of the south, also the children of the violent, or the children of the lawless ones, sons of the lawless ones among thy people, shall lift themselves up. Literally, he uses the word marry in there. Inashau is, they shall marry. They shall, they're going to marry the vision. They want to marry the vision. In other words, they're, they're trying to bring it to pass. They're trying to make the vision of what? Of my Father's house shall be a house of prayer for all nations. Not just that, but to bring up past the millennial reign where it speaks about in that day that all nations shall come into Jerusalem. They're trying to manufacture a prophecy. But it's not going to work. You want me to prove to you they're trying to manufacture that prophecy? Shimon Perez. See, because he says, Amcha, your people. He's speaking to Daniel. Your people. Paratsi Amcha. See, lawless, law, the, the sons of the lawless of your people, Daniel. 
like Benjamin Netanyahu, Shimon Perez, and others in the Israeli government that have been working with Rome and allowing Rome to come in and take over Israel. You allowed it. You already did it. Let me show you right where you did it at, in Obadiah. We go to the book of Obadiah. We find out right there. Obadiah, chapter 1. There's only one chapter. You go down to the 16th verse, and what did you do? It says, For as you have drunk upon my holy mountain, so shall all the nations drink continually. That may seem like nothing to you, but in, in Passover of 2014, what did the Pope of Rome do? He came and held a communion service in the upper room above King David's tomb. And, and what happened? Netanyahu's administration had already given Pope Benedict an official seat at King David's tomb back during his time as Antichrist on the seat. You made him the king of Israel, in other words. People look for a... For a, for a a Jewish Antichrist. You know, every Pope is an Antichrist. Every Pope is. Anti-Christo. A substitute or one that is like Christ. Just like the word vicar of Christ actually means. He was also a raiser of taxes too. If you look in Daniel with a raiser of taxes, Pope Benedict was a raiser of taxes. He was the one that came out and officially started condemning all these rich, wealthy people that had their money hidden, Swiss banks and things like that. And sure enough, all these tax laws got passed and they gathered all those people up, buddy, and they got their money back. He was your tax raiser. My God. But he, notice how it says about that tax raiser that would raise up? He would all of a sudden go off the scene for no, one's, uh, no particular reason, not because he dies or anything, just mysteriously he, he vanishes. And Pope Benedict just mysteriously retires. A lot of speculation in behind it, right? All right, so it says here, that is literally in the Hebrew masculine plural, which that tells me, for as you have drunk upon my holy mountain, this group here is men only. The Pope of Rome, in their own news broadcast, when they show themselves drinking there in the, in the upper room, and according to the broadcast, it was men only. But then it says in the next part of the sentence, after the little comma there, see? It says, it says, Al-Hakodeshi, on my holy mountain, which Mount Zion is identified in Obadiah as the holy mountain. So yes, it was on Mount Zion. It was in the upper room. It is by the Pope of Rome. It was men only in the first time they did it. Then it says, Ishatu kol hagoim. And they shall continually drink all the Gentiles. And that is gender-inclusive plural. And they've continued to do their masses, not just in the upper room. They even went in there and evicted the Jews out of King David's tomb and did a mass in there. You want to know why? They wanted to show the Jews that they had control. Now, that is where your prophecy, that's one of the examples of the prophecy that is being fulfilled right before your eyes, friends. I mean, my gosh, friends, I wish some people would wait. Many of you guys do wake up. I, I don't want to condemn you guys. Many of you are waking up. And remember, Daniel, the prince that shall come in chapter 9. Remember what we said about that right there? Chapter 9. Let's go down to, what is it, verse uh, was it verse 26. And after three score and two weeks shall an anointed one be cut off no, but, and, and be no more. And the people of a prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The prince that shall come. That's your Antichrist spirit. He's not the anointed one. He's not the Mashiach, as it says here. Ikaret Mashiach. See? That was the anointed prince that is cut off. He's cut off in the midst of the week. See? 
right there in the midst of that 70th week. And see, they're trying to manufacture. They're trying to make the... They're trying to fake a millennial reign. They're trying to fake all the nations that are going to come to Jerusalem. This is why they're trying to internationalize Jerusalem. This is why they're taking... And they're going to throw the Jews. They're going to evict the Jews out of Jerusalem. Guglielmo Miotti wrote that in an article uh, on Israel National News. Look it up. He said they're going to evict the Jews out of Jerusalem. This is what they're doing all these laws for, friends. Alright? Now, going back to chapter 11... Again, verse 14, just to get it to stick, I want it to sink in there. See, also the children are also, uh, literally it says, and the sons, and the sons of the lawless of your people, Amcha. See, they will marry the vision. They're going to try to marry the vision. Or it's, you have to try to make sense for people to understand. So it says, they, they lift themselves up to establish the vision. But they shall stumble, or they shall fail, or they shall fall. So see, no matter how much you get the Jews involved in it, Mr. Pope of Rome, you're not going to succeed. God's already prophesied your fall. Now, let's go ahead and let's go down now. Verse 36. We're going to jump back into the Middle East and then come right back to Ethiopia with this. And the king shall do according to his will. And he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god, and shall speak strange things against the god of gods. And he shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished. For that which is determined shall be done. Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers, and neither the desire of women nor any God shall he regard, for he shall magnify himself above all. Above all. See, that's what Satan wanted to do. Satan wanted to be like God, wanted to be, sit in the temple of God and be worshipped as if he were God. So does the Pope of Rome. That's why he's called the Vicar of Christ. A he takes the place of Christ. He is God on earth, in other words. All right? And see, he doesn't have any desire for women. Not at all. See, now not like when Yeshua taught, like the, in, in the Qumran community, it wasn't all celibacy. But the men that wanted to be celibate were celibate, and those that wanted to be married were married. That's what Paul taught as well. Did he not? He said, I would that you all be as I am. And he was single. He said, but let every man have according to his gift. But the Vatican does it complete, absolute, no. If you're a priest, you can't get married. Period. End of subject. Alright? Now, verse 38, But in his place shall, shall he honor the God of strongholds, and a God whom his fathers knew not shall he honor with gold and silver and with precious stones and costly things. That's because he makes all these idols to marry and everything. Costly things? I've been in the St. Peter's Basilica. They have a, they have a huge mural of, of Mary on the wall. And what do they do? It's studded with gigantic diamonds all the way around it. They're real diamonds too. They're real diamonds. See, but he doesn't acknowledge the God of his fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He doesn't acknowledge the true God of Israel. All right? And he shall deal. No, but remember, see, Precious stones, and with precious stones. Those are those diamonds that are in St. Peter's Basilica. And he shall deal with the strongest fortress with the help of a foreign god. You know what that is? Notice, and he shall deal with the strongest fortresses with the help of a foreign god. This is where he gets the Muslims involved. This is why Hezbollah is going to help him take over Israel. And this is why 
what Mahmoud Abbas is working with him. See, the Bible says also that he comes up strong with the small people, and also in Daniel chapter 11 here, the prince that shall come comes up strong with the small people. That was your Palestinians. But he also, he's strongest with a fortress with the help of a foreign god. That is their Allah. And Allah is not Akbar. He's not greater. He's inferior because it's the devil. It is not God. All right? That is Marduk. That is who he actually is worshiping now. Whom he shall acknowledge and shall increase glory, and he shall cause them to rule over many, and shall divide the land for a price. I need to include maybe even in this video here if I had the time. I'll bring it up very soon. I, I, we did the, 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 the interview with Lionel Parkinson. Fascinating insight on who Marduk really was in the, in the Cyrus Cylinder something that he worked on. His father worked on the Dead Sea Scrolls. Very interesting. He's a document examiner. We interviewed him, and I've been promising to bring that out. I've got to bring it out for you guys. Verse 40, And at the time of the end shall the king of the south push at him. And the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind, with chariots and with horsemen, and with many ships, and he shall enter into the countries, and shall overflow and pass passes through. Yeah, they start to push against the Pope of Rome and he sends in the NATO forces to come in there and deal with all of you. He shall enter also into the beauteous, uh, beauteous land and many countries shall be overthrown, but these shall be delivered out of his hand. Edom, Moab, and the chief of the children of Ammon. Do you know? Let me just see if I can't real quick get something for you. Oh, really, I want you just to see something here. Now, Moab, that's Jordan. Ammon, the kingdom of Ammon is modern-day Syria. Can you guys see that on there? I hope you can. The kingdom of Ammon is modern-day Syria. Moab is Jordan. Well, the Pope of Rome's already got an alliance with Jordan. Kingdom of Edom, that's probably part of Jordan as well. And even parts of Israel cover that area there. Of course, the Vatican is Edom of today, right? So, so he doesn't conquer. He does not conquer the children of Ammon, Syria. Why? Because Russia moved in. That kind of threw him all off. He shall stretch forth his hand also upon the countries and the land of Egypt shall not escape. He shall stretch forth his hand also upon the countries, and the land of Egypt shall not escape. He's already sent the U.S. in there. They did the Benghazi thing, and then they caused a civil unrest there. And, and President Putin asked the United States, do not kill Gaddafi. Oh, but why he was in the hands of the people there, they made sure they put a bullet in his head. Was the CIA present, Mr. Uh, Obama? Who knows? Now, it's an, an Italian oil company that has the drilling rights for your natural gas. Why isn't it the Egyptian oil company that has it? But he shall have power over the treasures of gold and silver. He's got power over all the treasures of gold and silver and over all the precious things of Egypt. Why? The money. The Pope of Rome, that's why you got a new world order coming. That's why you got a new world economic system coming. It's because he's going to have the power over all of it. You think those two keys on his flags don't represent 
both spiritual and political, world power, world domination. It's exactly what it represents. And the Libyans and the Ethiopians shall be at his steps. What are you talking about there? The Libyans and the Ethiopians will be at his steps? So this is why we see Ethiopian authorities diverted millions of dollars from a World Bank-supported project to fund a violent campaign of mass evictions, according to the former officials who carried out the forced resettlement program. From 2009 to 2013, World Bank lenders pumped $50 billion into the projects, graded the highest risk for the irreversible, unprecedented social environmental impacts. Well, thank you, Pope Francis. Doesn't, isn't that what uh, Mr. Uh, Young Kim said, that the Vatican press conference with World Bank Group President Jim, Jim Young Kim? You're, you're working together. Isn't that why you had the World Bank to come there to the Vatican there and show you great facade about how great you were there at St. Peter's Basilica to do your light show? And you can't hide the light under a bushel. God will expose what you're doing. So we go back to the Word of God. But tidings out of the east and out of the north shall affright, affright him. And he shall go forth with great fury to destroy it, not only to take away many. It worries him. Because Russia came down. You see, this has been going on now for a couple of years now, several years. The U.S. has been working, supposedly bombing ISIS, getting nowhere. Only causing refugee crisis. Fulfilling Micah chapter 7. They caused that refugee crisis of their own doings. Send them all over the world. You cause the crisis down in Africa. They come across into Europe. You cause the crisis over there in, in Syria. They come through. They're all, and they're all coming to Europe. Why you got them all coming to Europe for? Maybe you want to, in, maybe you want to redistribute the wealth. Maybe that's your, your idea. But the tidings out of the north and out of the east. See, China and Russia. See, you're not sure so much about China. So you hurried up and got them in the IMF, International Monetary Fund. You got them in there to kind of, hopefully, they won't turn against you. So then you went on a fury. We saw that even with John Kerry's words the other day about Iran and Russia. He said the Assad regime, Basar al-Assad, the president of Syria, has to go. And he said, and if Iran and Russia don't go along with the plan, then we will know who the problem children are. And we'll deal with that. We'll have to make, we'll have to do things that we don't want to do. This is what Mr. John Kerry had to say about President Putin and, of course, the Iranians. All right? And he shall plant the tents of his palace between the seas and Botus, holy mountain, and he shall come to his end, and none shall help him. Now we can think about Nathan's dream. He sees. Russia and the NATO allies go to war with each other for about two weeks. That's why they're worried. After that, though, they do an alliance. Then they come against Israel to take the land. But that's where Edom comes to his end. And by the way, in closing, I want to share this with you here. Let's go back to Obadiah. I want to share something with you that is very fascinating to me. Verse 20, 
and the captivity of his host of the children of Israel that are among the Canaanites, even the Zarephath, and the captivity of Jerusalem, this is the Sepharad, excuse me, Sepharad, shall possess the cities of the south, and saviors or deliverers shall come up on Mount Zion to judge the Mount of Esau, and the kingdom shall be the Lord's. That's why Rome has an end. Little Nathan, in his prophecy that he saw, what did he see? When the Mount of Olives split in half, he said these, these two that had died, when they raise up, the mountain splits. Right there when they raise up on the Mount of Olives. The two witnesses. But before they die, according to Revelation, they're going to prophesy for three and a half years. And according to what Nathan saw, when they, right when they raise up from the dead, because remember, when they die according to Revelation, they send gifts one to another. They rejoice over the death of these two witnesses because it caused so much turmoil. Well, even right here, it says here, Moshoim. See? Bahatzion. The rivers shall come up upon Mount Zion. And they're going to preach the pure gospel. They're going to restore the holy way. They're going to bring back what Jeremiah was trying to preach, what Isaiah was trying to preach. It's not going to be pretty. The world will hate them. I hear so many of my brothers and sisters say, you know, I can't wait for them to come. Are people really sure they want them to come? I don't think they do. What are you going to do when they do restore the holy way of the gospel? What are you going to do when they really do believe that the animals do have a soul? as it's written in Genesis. What are you going to do when they tell you that the coming millennial reign, there'll be no death, no sorrow, the animals won't be crying out? What are you going to do then? Will you rejoice in their death because they preached a gospel that you didn't like too well? Will it be like in Hosea? See? Uh, we won't go into that. We've been long enough, friends. I'm Stephen Benoon. You've been watching Israeli News Live, a prophetic segment of our broadcast. We need your help. And I try not to ask too often. But if you want to stand with this ministry and support it, please do so. You can do so by two different ways. IsraelReturns.com is our ministry website where we speak biblical ministry on regular teachings and things like that. It has under contact uh, and also a place where you can donate online or you can mail us directly. We have started getting our mail in here into Europe now. Or you can go to IsraeliNewsLive.org. There's just a little place you can click on to donate online there as well. We thank you for helping us to get this message out to the world. I'm Stephen Benoon. Watch these prophecies as they fulfill. They're happening all around you. Ethiopia has been fulfilling now for a couple of years and continues to fulfill even today, even this week. And the Vatican is involved in all of it. I'm Stephen Benoon with Israeli News Live. Shalom.